Hi guys, welcome to Daily Cafefe with Carter and Carrie. Today is Tuesday, June 5th, and we are going to be talking... It's Wednesday. Oh, is but, it? But I love you, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I didn't sleep, almost, like, I had like two hours of sleep total for two nights in a row. So last night I slept like the dead, but I don't know what day it is. <laughs> 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 it's Wednesday, June fifth. I actually was looking. I was scanning the calendar real quick as I was like, "What did I do? Get the right day?" Hi, welcome. How are you, Carter? I'm fine. Uh, I've been. I haven't been. There's like so many content things I want to do on Unsafe Space, and I've been uh, dealing with some back end stuff and and stuff that needs to get done. But uh, I'm excited to. I'm hoping that. By the end of this week, I can even maybe even a couple of days I can start uh, getting back into producing some more content. Speaking of that, though, by the way, I forgot to mention I am going to post today the uh, talk we had with Kyle Blanchett about abortion. So oh, that's I edited that yesterday. It's all ready to go. I will post it after daily coffee today. I'm excited for this one. This was a really good conversation, guys. It was a really good, I feel like we could, I could have talked to him for four hours probably about he's, yeah. ethics. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Um, that's very cool. Yeah. So I don't have anything else to say. So do you want to talk about this? Uh, we want to talk about another one of these healing from internalized whiteness workshops. Well, there's this author, Carrie Smith. It looks like this <laughs> name. <laughs> <laughs> and dive into her work <laughs> yeah she wrote this article <laughs> called um, healing from internalized whiteness she must, she must know a lot about it i think you're going to see a lot more of these kind of workshops like the healing from whiteness healing from masculine toxic masculinity um at colleges they're they're introducing coursework for oh my god yeah they're introducing coursework i saw at ut austin they have um, they, they're doing this masculinity studies, which is goes hand in hand with uh, uh, women's studies. But masculinity studies is all about denigrating men. As far as I can tell, it's all about it's all toxic masculinity studies. Yes, it's how to undo your toxic masculinity. Um, wow. So they're these are this is a cult. I mean, I've said this before, but my old belief system is a cult, and they have to get you to believe certain things in order to control you. And it's like you don't these people don't realize they you're becoming a puppet for this belief system. I think a lot of times people don't think about um, ideas and I never thought of it this way until I heard Jordan Peterson um, talking about Jung um, about how sometimes, sometimes people don't have ideas. Ideas have people. Hmm. And that's what this ideology is like. And I had never really considered it that way before, but it, once I heard that quote, I'm like, that's exactly what it was is like, this ideology enters you, you accept it. Um, it's like, again, there's an analogy there to the Holy Spirit. There's an analogy there to religion. Oh, it's definitely religious. It's It's totally religious. religious. But so you accept it and then you, it, it had, it grips you and it, it drives you because you're no longer choosing what's okay to say and think you're letting the ideology tell you now. If I, I would love to like, if, part of the reason I want to start talking to SJWs on the show maybe is because I would love to just ask them like, cause I know what are you guys doing? You know, what's it like in your head when you have an idea that you're afraid might not be ideologically correct. 
because I know what you're doing. You're staying quiet for a second and you're running through the ideology and you're trying to figure out what's the right thing to say. People become, people become mouthpieces for the ideology and they're not, they're no longer thinking on their own. They're doing a form of thinking, but it's really just sorting through what they know of the ideology and trying to come up with the correct, the correct thing to say. Yeah. I don't know that as someone who's in it will be able to have much of a conversation about you with you about their thought process, because I assume that they, part of the, the thing that keeps them in it is evasion of what's going on in their head. Right. They, yeah. they, they, they need to be evading that one fact. Because once you stop evading what's going on, suddenly it starts to unravel. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if they could even see it until you're, you're removed from it and you're looking back at what you used to do, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you get people out of cults exactly, but I assume- But we're going to figure it out. Okay. Yes. So, so um, let's talk about this woman's article. Uh, she seems so, brilliant. <laughs> I'm kidding. There. Okay. So you want you? There's this. Why don't you? Well, why don't you say um, where this came from by Everyday Feminism? I want to talk about this this thing. And by the way, the reason I I think it's great to talk about this again. Uh, our audience really wants to send you undercover. Uh, we've gotten a lot of people who are like, I'll totally support Carrie going undercover to one of these. Oh, we're so. gonna do it. We're coming up with a budget, guys. So yeah. this is gonna be fun. Yeah. I, I, because again, you're going to start to see a lot more of these workshops and it would be great just to sort of expose them for what they are now. That's why I don't mind talking about this again, even though we already did the um, race to dinner one where white women come to the table and sit in their, sit in their uncomfortableness or something. <laughs> uh, so this one is one of the worst. Um, it's put on by Everyday Feminism, which Everyday Feminism is one of the, hands down, one of the worst SJW sites you will find on the internet. It's, it's one of those so sites bad. where I'm not sure that it's real. Like it yeah. looks almost like it's a parody of itself. It's like Titiana McGrath. It's totally real. It, yeah, it is so bad it looks like satire, but it's real. And they, ha they hold these workshops. Um, they charge around 600 bucks to go. They have them in multiple cities. And... The description of this one is healing from internalized whiteness. Um, you get to go, and at this one, instead of being yelled at by um, black SJWs about how racist you are, um, you're yelled out. You, you're going to be yelled at by um, white SJWs, white allies. Well, which, that's better because then the black people don't have to do the work at, you know, of yelling at you, and that's it's racist to expect them to do the work, Carrie. That's the idea behind it. So that's the idea behind groups like, um, uh, what's that group we talk about on Facebook? It's a uh, white nonsense, white nonsense roundup. It's a group of white SJWs who will come in. You can tag them in something and they will come in and yell at the other white people about how racist they are. Because the idea behind it is that, um, you shouldn't, that black people shouldn't have to have, have to spend, have to do the emotional labor is what they call it. But also, and, can't you get in trouble as a white ally for making money off of this? So these people yes. are charging. So they also are horrible people. Yes, it's a, they, they contradict themselves all the time. So on the one hand, they say allies should be the ones doing the work. But then on the other hand, if you get to be successful doing the work, they will go after you. Like Tim Wise. Tim Wise is a white man who does anti-racism trainings um, I think he might do anti-sexism stuff too, but, but you know, the same thing applies for men. They, they want male allies to be the ones doing the emotional labor for the women. But if you get to be too big, then like uh, Robin D'Angelo, the one who came up with uh, the phrase white fragility, 
then you're a target because now you're you're taking money away from uh, black SJWs who could be doing the work. So I think what they want you to do is maybe do the work, but give the black SJWs the profits. Yeah, that would be probably ideal. Is you don't you do it do it for free? <laughs> but, you can charge. Yeah, you could charge. You can keep the money yourself. Right. Right. That but, reminds me of something. There's some system like that. What is it called? <laughs> Slavery. Slavery. <laughs> I knew there was a word for it. I just couldn't. <laughs> In this healing from internalized workshop, Carrie, mm-hmm. there are on the on the website here. I think your goal with this article is to maybe save people the money, so you can tell yeah. them what the answers are. So there's a. Uh, Here's, here are the questions that this workshop is for. People struggling with these questions. How can I make sure I don't accidentally say something racist when I don't know what's racist and what's not? Carrie, what's the answer to that one? So why don't you know what's racist and what's not? Like, why are you, don't, why are you in a belief system that, makes, that tells you you don't know? Now you're dependent on asking other people what's racist. Like... <laughs> Like you don't see anything wrong with that, that you don't get to decide you have to ask someone else. You're at the mercy of about that too, is that there's this premise that, um, that intent is irrelevant. I mean, there's a, just in that one question, how do I make sure I don't say, I don't accidentally say something racist. Like there's several years worth of therapy built into that one question, just the amount of unearned guilt that you have to feel just to ask that question just to ask that question yeah it's pretty amazing they it they do say sjw's one of the things they will say is intent doesn't matter so they say that one of the best things i ever heard was eckhart tolle talking about how you are responsible for your emotions nobody else is so um like carter if you say something mean to me and i feel devastated by it yeah, you said something mean, but I'm responsible for how I feel about it and for how long I feel that way. And for, you know, it's like, you didn't make me. And, right. And I mean, it, that's, a stand, that's a standard therapy thing. Yes. Like, you know, people don't make you feel a certain way. Um, you in, your, your feelings are your own interpretation of events. It doesn't mean that you can control your visceral reaction right away, but you actually can. You're, so my the way I look at feelings is they're, they're this, and this is a Randian view, but I think it's, it's mostly accurate. They're, they're like an instantaneous integration of how the event corresponds with your model of the world in your head. And so if it clashes somehow with the model of the world in your head or triggers some deep problem you've got with the model of the world in your head, then you react in a negative way. But if it's, if it upholds it, then you react in a positive way. And it's kind of obvious to, to, to note that your, your internal belief system does affect your visceral emotions. It just takes time to change your internal belief system and have it really integrated. But, you know, if you think about, you know, the example that, uh, you know, I used to use, well, we can use actually, let's use Bernie Sanders. If you're a minarchist or a voluntarist or an anarchist or whatever, and a capitalist, and you hear Bernie Sanders speak about you know, the right to free education, you have your, that's bothersome without thinking about it viscerally. You feel bothered by it. 
then you have to analyze it and see whether you should be bothered or not. That's mm-hmm. fine. But you feel that way instantaneously. If you are a socialist, bought, you know, bought and sold full-on Marxist, and you hear him say that, you feel a totally different way instantaneously, emotionally, right? But the same event happened. It's just your, your internal models of what is right and wrong and how the world is structured and what should be and shouldn't be and how it relates to you. They're different. And so your visceral reaction is different. So I, I don't think emotions are as people view emotions as this like random thing that's totally disconnected from reason and it's in, you know, incomprehensible. That's not true. They're also not, you can't also, you can't control them in the moment. And you can't say, don't feel sad if you feel sad, like you can't control that. But, but they are not disconnected from your belief system. They are a product of your belief system partially. And, and they're also under your control ultimately, or, or at least they're under your, they're under your control more than, right. They're under your control more than they are anyone else. It's not like Carter, if he says something, if you say something mean to me, you can't, you can't make me feel, I mean, it's, it's, you give up that power. So here's the thing about that. I know we're getting into some kind of therapy thing now, but you're giving up that power then and saying, I'm going to let you determine how I feel instead of me dealing with it, you know, and figure and figuring out like, like, um, uh, SJWs tend to prioritize emotion over logic and facts. Yeah. And they encourage people to sit in negative emotion. They don't, they don't try to get out of it. But so to relate this back to that question, what they, what they're saying is, um, how do I know if I, how do I know what is it? How can I make sure I don't accidentally say something racist when I don't know what's racist and what's not? So they believe that, that uh, it's perfectly valid for me to say to you, for example, Carter, um, you said something sexist to me and you hurt my feelings. And then for you to, as a man to say, well, I didn't think it was sexist. And, and maybe it wasn't, by the way. I didn't think it was sexist and I wasn't trying to hurt your feelings. So then an SJW would say, your intent doesn't matter. My hurt is the only thing that matters. You hurt me, so you are guilty. Like that's, that's the way they view this stuff. It is so childish, yeah. So well, that, this is the reason why they don't know it's racist because when, when you and I read the sentence and say, I don't accidentally say something, how do I make sure I don't accidentally say something racist? For normal people, they have an idea, well, racism, they, they know what racism is and they have a, a, an ability to judge for themselves. Is this thing racist? This, was this a racist statement? But for SJWs, actually, racism has no actual definition. Racism is defined by how people react to what you said. So yeah. <laughs> the only way you know if something's racist is if someone says, that was racist to me. I feel that was racist. And yes. I'm, the, I'm, the target, I'm the target race. Therefore, that was racist. And that, that, that's not how definitions work. And that is a recipe for emotional upheaval and therapy and dysfunction in your life. With any concept, you can't be like, how do I know if what I said was sexist? How do I know if what I said was this or that? Like it. And then you give up control completely totally. to a third party. Yeah, you've totally given up control. Like you're basically a puppet at this point. And, and you are a puppet because if you're considering going to this workshop, they're not, they've, it's like they infect you with the ideology and then 
they're the, then they're like, but we're the only ones who can give you the medicine to get better. And the, and the medicine is the same ideology. They're just feeding you more of the same crap. And you're willing to give them your money to go and eat more of this stuff? That's why they're a great fit with government, but we can talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. That is an excellent point. And it, one of the things I was saying about this is um, it, people know what racism is. Okay, it's not that complicated. Like racism is judging someone based on their race treating them differently because of it. That's it. The reason you don't know if you're somebody that buys into this, what, what could be and could not is because you've given up control to other people. And like Carter says, it's dependent upon how the other person receives it, which is crazy. Um, but it's also because they've convinced you that racism is something more convoluted than it actually, that racism is power plus prejudice. And then power is defined not by how much power you have individual person, but by, what identity group you, your power is determined by what identity groups you're in and it's and and so ultimately their definition is that it's impossible to be racist towards white people and that white people are uh, inherently racist because they're white and that people of color are the only people who can determine what is and what is not racist on its face that is the crazy crazy belief yeah but well, they get people to believe this stuff yeah. And the power, the power is power to have your emotions control the situation. If you're higher on the social justice oppression hierarchy scale thing, right, then you have the power to have your emotions dictate the definitions of everything that's happening in the conversation. Was that racist or not? I don't know. We have to turn to the person, it, the, the most oppressed in the pyramid and ask them, you know, the, of, of all the people in the conversation, who's the most depressed? That one. That one's emotions drive the definitions of everything that's happened in the conversation because they get to say whether this was racist or sexist or how much or blah, blah, blah. Da, 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 da. It's all their emotions. Um, With an important caveat. Yes. They have to speak the ideology, though. If it's a black woman like Candace Owens, that's, they have a huge, they, they base everything on the, the biggest credential you could have is what race you are or what sex you are. You know, it has nothing to do with your arguments, your behavior, your, the way you de, de, um, defend your ideas. It only has to do with what color you are and what sex you are, unless, unless, unless you, reject you reject this whole belief system, in which case... Your skin doesn't matter. You know, Candace Owen, her skin and her, her sex don't save her. Candace Owens, is an old, <laughs> Candace Owens is an old white guy as far as they're concerned. Right. Worse. Worse than an old white guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I, I mean, we, I, let's just look at some more questions. Okay. How, how can I know what to do without burdening a person? Of, <laughs> I'm sorry. How can I know what to do without burdening a person of color to educate me, but still somehow follow their leadership? So this is one I'm of going back to saying cuckold is the right term for all of these people. Like, um, okay. It's like, again, you're giving up your power to someone else. You're looking to someone else to know what to do and what to think. That's crazy. Um, and this is, this is a funny question to me because they're kind of, they're, they're asking, sometimes they ignore their um, contradictions, but this is one of their contradictions is they say, um, white, uh, let, let's, when it comes to race, white people need to shut up and listen and follow the leadership 
of people of color, right? But then they also say it's too much emotional labor for people of color to have to educate white people. And right. so <laughs> this is a great question. If they don't have to do anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, want, we want black people or people of color. We want people of color to be our leaders, but we don't want them to have to educate us or do any work to be our leaders. How does that accomplished? Yeah. And, and by the way, this is a racist question. This is what I want to point out to SJWs. This is a racist. You just asked in the first question, how do, how do I know if something's racist or not? Okay, look, you, you're saying, like, I don't want to burden people of color. Do you worry about burdening white people? You know, I have a solution, by the way. If you're seriously considering taking this class and you're actually worried about these things, let's go slit your wrists. Carter. <laughs> No, you not a burden to anyone. You won't say anything <laughs> racist. You won't speak up the wrong way. You won't be unconsciously stereotyping. Uh, you'll be fine. That's that's uh, that's well, the well to your point. This breeds self hatred in a person. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But it but it is a racist thing. You're not you're not worried about burdening white people, and you're not looking to follow white people's leadership. So what this ideology has done is in the second question here, it has been successful in getting you to judge people and treat them differently based on what race they are. So congratulations. You're now, you're now acting in a racist way, <laughs> like in the name of not being a racist. Yeah. The third question actually to me though is, I mean, maybe they're just getting progressively worse, but this third question is, the, the amount of paranoia you must have about your own sin is, I mean, this is, this is like, you should be committed, like institutionalized for, for this level of fear, I guess. I don't know what, how else to say it. The question is, how do I know when speaking up against racism ends up speaking over people of color. I mean, that fear is so, what's the word, Carrie? I... It's, um, gosh, I mean, it's. Neurotic. Neurotic. so neurotic. That fear is so neurotic that I, I, you would be off the scale of, of neuroticism and you would like you should just be put in a straitjacket and and stuck into an institution. I was gonna, and it's immobilizing. Of course, I mean, how do I know when speaking up against racism ends up speaking over people of color? Yeah, I mean, I. This goes back to my earlier why do you point. Think of that question. Well, this goes back to my earlier point of they are not allowed to think. They are only supposed to say the correct thing ideologically and not step into any trap, right? And so that's, that's what this question illustrates is they are constantly like, how do I know if I say the wrong thing? What if I offend the wrong person and they say what I said was racist? And what if I'm trying to speak against racism, but then they say I'm talking over people of color and then I'm guilty for that. And like, they're constantly just running everything through this um, SJW filter in their head of like, what's the right thing to say? It's exhausting and it is crazy making. It makes you crazy. It's, it's, this, it's this mentality that's constantly scanning to figure out 
How can I be bad? How could I be doing something wrong? What's wrong with me? What could possibly be wrong with me? What could I possibly be doing that's, that's evil? That's the mindset here. It's like, I, I literally, it's like, how do I know if walking out of my house blocks the sunlight from a person of color who might be hiding in the bushes? Ah! It's <laughs> like, what the hell? And, but, and you've become, this is this, this level of just uncertainty, of not being able to think on your own. You are an absolute puppet, an absolute puppet of the ideology because you're not allowed to come up with answers on your own. You're at the mercy of this belief system and people in the belief system who have more um, experience with these issues or more uh, emotion attached or uh, you're at the mercy of people simply because of their race or their sex. And you're in a sexist and racist belief system and they're manipulating you because of your desire to do good and to not be racist and sexist. That is evil. Why are you letting people take your desire to not be racist and turn it into like turn you into someone who goes out and is racist where everything you look at now is through the lens of race. I mean, there's gotta be a lot of, obviously there's gotta be some psychological, there's gotta be like guilt and some deep psychological problems. I Can I just say one thing? This is obviously racist against white people, but this is also extremely racist against people of color. The, the, the model, if, if you're an alien coming down <laughs> and reading this for the first time and seeing this, you would conclude, oh, these people of color must have, like, they must be hypersensitive and have no ability to speak on their own. They must be very fragile and they must not be good leaders. They like, must have bad leaders because, you know, they people are worried about like making them leaders because they can't do it on their own. And uh, you, you got to withhold judgment from them and be careful. You don't speak up. Like it makes black people or people of color generally just look like pathetic non-humans. This is, I mean, this is, you know, the old racist pictures where they have to show like um, the, uh, I, I think it was like related to Darwinism. I'm not totally sure, but there was like the, you know, they would have the picture and be like, the Negro is more close to the ape than the, like, it was this total racist uh, yeah. genetic crap, right? Yeah, that's what this is. Yeah, it's this ideologically. It's like the person of color's brain is incapable of handling if you say something that's slightly offensive or when you speak and they want to be speaking. It's like, it's, it's the same fucking thing as yeah. the horribly racist ideas about how people of color are not human this is just a it's a different way to to do the same to say the same thing it is and it's it i put that in it's condescending it is it, you're basically saying i mean this is i'm just repeating what you said in a different way but yeah they're 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 not worried about burdening white people they're not worried about speaking over white people because what white people can handle that better they're black people can't handle that like it's it's it is it is completely condescending and and it is you're, you're right to point out it's based on it's based on some really um racist stereotypes of people of color totally racist it's totally ra i mean if i were a black woman or a black man and this was the conversation that the leftists were having around me that these social justice warriors were like you know make sure you're not speaking over carter I will be like, fuck you, fuck all of you. 
I would like, no wonder people like Candace Owens are pissed off at this and speak at it. Like I would be, I'm pissed off, obviously being white, being told that I'm guilty by virtue of being white, but, and I can be kind of vicariously pissed off for people who are people of color, but can you imagine being a, a competent, well put together, non-neuronic, non-pathetic, like normal human being of color? And and getting treated like this, yeah, I have a great. Like they're pets. I mean, literally, white people are treating people of color like they're pets or like small children. Yeah, it's very condescending. I have a, a photo. Hopefully, we can put this up in the description somehow. But um, there's this this friend. He blurred out his name and everyone else's name and let me post it. I've shared it a couple times, but it is the epitome of this belief system. And it's an, it's an online discussion he's having with some SJWs. And there's one woman who's just going in on him hard and using all the SJW attack stuff at him, like, you know, about helping marginalized people. And she's totally insulting him using ad hominem attacks, all the stuff they do when they think you're not, you're not an SJW and, and that, and when they think you're not a marginalized person. So at some point in the conversation, after she's just been treating him horribly, He's, he's like, um, he reveals that he's black or he's biracial. He's like, um, well, it turns out I, I looked up what you mean by marginalized. It turns out I'm a marginalized person. And at first she's incredulous and it's like, oh, sure. Oh, you just conveniently happen to be. And then I guess she looked at his social media feed and realized he was black. And so her next total change of tune, her very next statement is like, um, I'm going to, I'm going to call him Dave. Uh, she's like, I'm sorry, Dave as a marginalized person, what can I do to help you? <laughs> and she goes on about how his marginalizations are where I didn't know your marginalizations are much worse than mine. And I, I didn't realize, and I'm sorry that I, I was walking over you and, and talking over you and throwing you under the bus. And you know, what can I, as a marginalized person, what can I do to help you? It's so frigging con And it's like, okay, so one second ago, you weren't going to listen to anything I was going to say. You're going to call me names and stupid. And I don't get it. And the only thing that's changed is that now you know what my race is. And now you're like, how can I help you? Like, what do you need? Because you're such a helpless little. <laughs> how about just treat people? How about just react to what they have to say and how they behave accordingly? And don't base this crap on their race and their sex. How about stopping a racist and a sexist? Because this is what you've been told to do to stopping a racist and a sexist is to be one. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> it's a little that. bit of a rant. No. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know if we, do we want to walk through all these. I mean, they're. Um, let's speed through the question. others. Yeah. What do I do when I realize I've been unconsciously stereotyping and judging people of color? What do I do with my guilt around having white privilege? <laughs> um, by the way, if you have guilt about having white privilege, send me a check and I will absolve you. You are now, for a week, you're, you're absolved. What do I do with my fear around talking to other white people about racism when they get so angry with me? Um, what do I do with my fear that I'll never get it right? And that I'll always just mess it up as a white person. Well, I think you hang on to that because that's necessary for the economic transactions to be happening in this way. If you lose that fear that you'll never get it right and you'll always just mess it up as a white person, then people won't be able to charge you hundreds of dollars to yell at you and tell you that you're guilty and, uh, you know, 
go to go to dinner at your house and break your plates or whatever it was the other thing. Yeah. So I think that one is you hang on to that one. They want you to, yeah, of course. You gotta keep paying for these workshops. None of the you you're never cured of this this terminal illness they that they call whiteness. Um you have to keep paying. I one thing about the guilt, and I Are think we this, sure this is real. I'm sorry. No, I'm this not- is real. Carter, this is real. And actually, if we hadn't missed, they just had the last ones in May. Otherwise, this would be the one that I would want to go undercover at. But um, I'm going to find one equally as good, I promise. But uh, one thing about the guilt, I think that they, so here's the thing. Everybody has things that that they've done, that they individually have done, or mistakes they've made or whatever, that they probably feel guilty about, or that where guilt is, is, makes sense. Just like you have things that you've done that you probably feel pride about. Um, having guilt or pride over your race is messed up. Why are, you ta- why are you taking pride over what like other white people have done? Or why are you feeling guilty over what other white people do? Or, or about things in the past? It just doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. But what I think they're doing is sometimes it's easier, I think, to focus on something outside of yourself, like, and to say, take all of your guilty feelings for things you actually have done and should maybe look at and address and put those outside of yourself and say, I feel guilty because of this thing that I don't actually have any control over the systemic Mm -hmm. racism or sexism or whatever. And you kind of remove it from yourself that way. And it keeps you from looking at things that you actually do have control over that might be scary or hard to look at. And so these people, they take people's um, actual real feelings of guilt and they help like transmute them into something outside of people so that people will keep paying money and think this is what I need to look at and this is what I need to address. It's a huge evasion tactic. Like ask yourself, is there something that I've done? It may or may not have anything to do with race. Is there something in my life that like I feel guilty about that I'm afraid to look at? Or like, why are you so susceptible to um guilt being used as a as a motivating trigger like why why is guilt the thing that works for you i think there's probably something you need to address and it's not this that's just my no i think really insightful carrie um i think you're probably right it also it also part of the distance is by saying like let's say i've done some bad things or i'm guilty about some stuff if I kind of say, if I attribute it to my genetics, it also absolves me of responsibility in some way in the sense that like, well, all white people are guilty. We're all bad. Like I'm part of this bad group. Yes. And, uh, it's not me. It's just that all the people in this group are bad. We're all bad. And so I can, I can be a better person by recognizing that we're, we're the bad group. And, and, and then, trying to atone for our badness. And it does, it does put you at an arm's length to any actual guilt or things that you should be responsible for. And it allows you to feel that you're not uniquely bad or evil. You're just white and everyone white is, we're all, you're all bad and evil. And so it's not a personalized guilt anymore. It's a collective guilt which is much less scary psychologically and then you get to have some personal pride for being the one to step up and yes uh you know recognize your whiteness as 
bad and and atone for it in some way. So it's, it's uh, like the men. It's like the men who do that. Like Morgan Spurlock when he came out about during the Me Too stuff, and he was like, "I've done X Y Z to women in my past," and he what he's doing is what you're saying. He's saying, "I misbehaved in these ways towards women." It's a part of toxic masculinity that we all suffer from. No, I never did those things, dick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're trying to make all men feel culpable or guilty so that they feel less responsible for their own individual actions. And it's the same thing with race. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is just by the by. I don't think this kind of craziness could exist in a society without a really high standard of living. Because... You know, if you're worrying about paying bills and feeding your kids, uh, you're not wasting time trying to heal from your internalized whiteness. It's, uh, you, you need, there needs to be a certain level of affluence to, totally. be, to be even contemplating this stuff, right? Most people are like, most people are worried about paying their mortgage and feeding their kids and college is getting expensive, which you shouldn't send your kids to, but most people don't know that. So they're trying to save up for college or do something. And, you know, they're focused on, on their everyday thing. It takes, it, it takes a level of detachment from the real challenges of everyday life to be able to sit back and figure like, maybe I'll heal from my internalized whiteness. Like, <laughs> yes. It's like, like, it's like, it's like contemplating your, you know, your navel lint, but it's just more expensive. Exactly. So. Exactly. It's just a new form of, uh, we've talked about the self-help stuff before, but like one of my old bosses in entertainment who was always spending tons of money on whatever the next new age thing was, you know, I'm yeah. going to bond with my inner child, you know, I'm going to go to this workshop and learn how, it was, it was, it was always some kind of spiritual quest thing. I'm going to go hang out with a shaman and pay tons of money. And then this is sort of like that. You're hanging out with shamans, SJW shamans who promise they can cure you from this made up thing that uh is is preying on whatever your your disposable income and maybe guilt over having so much disposable income <laughs> i don't know look if you have enough disposable income to do this and you don't want to split slit your wrists which i still advocate um but we'll probably get banned from youtube from me saying that if you if you don't want to kill yourself what you can do is quit your job maybe spend some time with your kids uh you got too much like if you're in like a dual income thing or something and and one of you could be a guy or, or, or the woman in the relationship feels like they really need to go heal from their internalized whiteness and your family budget is such that you don't even question this. Uh, you have too much money. Stop and someone should stay home with your children and maybe raise them. So, although now that I think about it, maybe one of you shouldn't be raising your children. Uh, I don't know what to do with your children at this point. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's this like, you, I, you have too much time on your hands. I just, I, you have too much time on your hands. This is, you have too much, too much time, too much resources. There's like, and this is a capitalist. I don't think there actually is, you know, objectively too much. You can't accumulate too much objectively, but for these people, they've, they've accumulated more than their psychology can deal with. Yeah. You, it's, it's a function of living, what do they call it, like first world problems. You don't have any real problems. It's like the Yale kids who, the video of the Yale kids screaming at those professors about how oppressed they were. It's like, wow, that would, that, yeah. that's insane. <laughs> <laughs>
you know what? Another, what? Um, Will I? I I didn't realize this. Is Meghan Merkel? I don't follow the. Uh, I don't like the royal family stuff. But is Meghan Merkel? Is she like part black or something? Is that the big deal? Is she? Wait, part- remind me who she is again. She's the one from the show Suits, and she married one of the princes. I don't know if it was William or Henry. Oh or- yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's. I think she's biracial. Yeah. Okay. Their kids could be the first example of royals who feel oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to, this is like, I worked on this TV show. Well, I should say this. Okay. And I always think it's funny when someone in power feels like they're the one being bullied by people, <laughs> the people who work under them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the real victim here. It's like, you have all the power. <laughs> when their kid grows up, their kid will be like, I can't find whiteness. I'm, I'm oppressed. Get my helicopter. Uh, yeah, I just, the idea that we are going to live in a world with actual royalty and aristocracy who will be able to get away with claiming that they are oppressed is, it's just beautiful to me in a, in a sick, disgusting way. It's, it's like a, Beautiful commentary on society. That was a good laugh. Thank you. I don't know what to say now, Carrie. I needed that. Go read Carrie's article. Uh, we'll post a link to it. Yeah, go read it. Um, what else? Oh, and yeah, we'll, we're gonna have we're gonna have a way to help help us do an undercover thing soon. We'll we'll yeah. we're not gonna let that go. I think that's fun. No, 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 no. We're not. We're 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 working towards it. We've got uh, someone upgraded their membership just to support that. So, oh my gosh cool uh, okay yeah it's uh it's gonna it's gonna happen so anything else carrie i've got a blue sjw wig i could wear that's too over the top i think i would be spotted you know i was thinking actually we should send two people in one person with a video camera and recording device and and you with just an audio recording device so if you get kicked out or caught the other person is there the other yeah. person doesn't say or do anything bad they just stay in the class yeah um, did you ever see the video of spin computer who went into the um gender fluidity thing at, at south by southwest they they did that they had two they had a, another yeah. camera guy and they had spin yeah yeah so we know that thank you crowder for the tactical advice all right on that note have a good day everyone we will see you tomorrow for another episode of Kofefi and the program tomorrow and later today we'll release our abortion discussion with Kyle Blanchett. Have a good one.